Good morning. It's great to be together on a beautiful Sunday morning. We're in kind of in a little mini-series, a two-week series of Being the Church. Last week, Pastor Leslie talked about being the church gathered, which is what we do here Sunday after Sunday. And today we're going to talk about being the church scattered. And I start with a a little airport analogy. And I got that story from both Reggie McNeil and uh, Hugh Halter. So many of us have spent time at airports as we traveled for work or for vacations. Maybe some of you will do that uh, this summer as well. Imagine an airport trying to be so nice, provisional and self-sustaining that people never want to leave. Imagine that airports think that they are the final destination for people. Some airports are pretty nice. Portland has great coffee and live music. Orlando has a lively ocean feel. San Francisco has the classic bar train that takes you downtown without any hassles. Vancouver has great sushi. And I don't know, Toronto probably has something, but that's not listed. But none of these great things makes us want to stay at the airport. Airports are not final destinations. That's not what they are there for. They are gathering and sending places. They're places for connections, not destinations. And just like the airport, the church, this building, this gathering place is not our final destination. Our destination is life, life to be lived out with our loved ones, with our friends, our neighbors, at our workplaces, at our schools, etc. I think this is a helpful analogy as we reflect on being the church gathered and being the church scattered. So this week we're going to talk about what it means to be the church scattered, to be the church 24-7, every day, every hour of our lives. And of course, as always, we're going to begin by seeing what does the Bible say about this. So we're going to look at John 20, uh, 19 to 21. And the setting of this story, this takes place the very day when Jesus rose from the dead. The disciples hadn't even seen uh, Jesus yet at this point. So on on the evening of that first day of the week, the resurrection day, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus gives this charge to a group of scared disciples huddled together in a room for fears of the Jews, doors locked. Jesus tells them, this is not where you are to stay. I am sending you out. He tells his disciples that just like the Father sent them into the world with a mission, so he is sending his disciples into the world with that same mission. For three years, he walked with them, he equipped them, and now he's sending them into the world. And like the early disciples, We, too, are a sent people. 
Yes, we gather weekly here. Pastor Leslie talked about the importance of that. Um, We're here weekly to continue to hear about how God loves us, how Jesus saves us. We're here so we can practice learning how to love and serve uh, one another. And we're here to be encouraged and equipped to be the church uh, 24-7. Jesus did that with his disciples. For three years, he equipped them, he taught them, and then he sent them out. We are a sent people. They are, and so are we. We are to be the church uh, 24-7. And this is what Reggie McNeil says. We are the people of God partnering with God in his redemption mission of the world. God is on a mission in this world. He sent Jesus to accomplish that mission, and he also is sending us to accomplish that same mission. I like to often use the analogy of our two arms. So with the one arm, we gather. We are connected to God. We're connected to the Holy Spirit. We're connected to each other. This is the gathering arm, and we need that arm. That's where we learn. That's where we grow. But then we've got another arm, and this is the arm that connects with the people every day of the week in our everyday living. So we gather and we scatter. So as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So what exactly did that mission look like? How did Jesus accomplish the mission that the Father uh, sent him? So let's look at another passage from uh, Luke 4, 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to announce that captives shall be released and the blind shall see, that the downtrodden shall be freed from their oppressors, and that God is ready to give blessings to all who come to him. Now, this passage is first found in Isaiah 61. It was a prophecy that Isaiah predicted hundreds of years before Jesus came. And then Jesus reads this passage when he's in a synagogue in his home city of Nazareth. And after he reads it, and he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, this is me that Isaiah was talking about. This is my mission. This is what I'm doing uh, in this world. Did I lose somehow? No? I'm good? (laughs) Okay. So let's unpack this passage together because from it we can learn how Jesus accomplished the mission and then how we can do uh, the same. I'm going to look at five words uh, this morning. First, the word power. Jesus begins by saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, God's power, the Holy Spirit's power is upon Jesus. He did ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus started his ministry, he was baptized, and then the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. And his ministry was done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus, the perfect Son of God, needs the Holy Spirit to do ministry, to be, do the mission that God sent him on, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit? And Jesus recognized it and said that right up front. Let's see again, 
Remember again, when Jesus said to his disciples, you are, uh, as the Father sent me, I am sending you, immediately he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So even as he gives them that commission, even as he's sending them out, he's at the same time recognizing, you can't do this on your own. I need the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit uh, to do this ministry. And that's hugely important as we live our lives day by day. We need to continually extend that hand to the Holy Spirit and say, help. Remember Leslie talked, gave us that analogy when she says, just grab hold of God's hand. Just grab hold of the Holy Spirit and say, help. Whenever God is, which is every day, sending you to be the scattered church, we need his help. We need the Holy Spirit help. Second P uh, word is presence. Another thing that we learn from Jesus is that his presence uh, with people. Jesus was God's presence in this world. He showed the people in his day what God was like. He healed the sick. He cared for the downtrodden. He cared for the poor. He was present in people's lives. He took time uh, for people. A exa- couple examples, when a blind person was shouting from the side of the road, uh, Jesus stopped, and he took time. He entered in that person's pain, and he healed that person. He took time. He was present, individually focusing uh, on people. When some mothers brought children to Jesus to, because he, they wanted Jesus to bless their children, he took time. He took them on his knees and he blessed them. He was present uh, in people's lives. I love the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a hated tax collector. He worked for the Romans, so the Jews saw him as a traitor. And when Jesus is going by, he's short, so he climbs in the tree. Jesus sees his loneliness. He becomes present to how this man is rejected by everyone else. And so he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for dinner. He enters into where Zacchaeus is at, and he meets him in the needs that he had, his needs of being rejected and being lonely. So if we are to be sent like Jesus, we have to learn to be present uh, to people's lives. We cannot love people from a distance. We have to get a close. We have to get immersed in people's lives. We have to develop relationship, intentional relationships with people. Make room in our hearts uh, for someone else. Make room in our lives make room in our homes for the people that God might be sending us to. So ask yourself, is there a Zacchaeus in your neighborhood? Uh, Who's lonely at your workplace? Who's rejected at your school? Whose pain do you need to become present to? And in whose life do you need to enter in? So on mission, Jesus became present in people's lives. We have to have a ministry of presence, just noticing, just being with people. Then the third P is place. Jesus was sent to the people of Israel. Jesus' disciples were sent to the Roman Empire. And as a church, we are sent right here to the Niagara region, and in particular uh, to this town of uh, Thorold. But each of us also individually finds ourselves in a place, We find ourselves in a neighborhood, in an apartment building, a place of work, a school, a sports team. We find ourselves in a place where God is calling us to be the church. 
So let me give you a few examples. Um, first example is Rob. Where, where are you, Rob? Oh, there you go. See? One of our members, we all know Rob at the sound there. Rob is becoming very present what's happening in his neighborhood. So last fall, he saw that one of his elderly neighbors, the fence blew down, needed to be fixed. And so Rob, with a bunch of guys from the neighborhood, goes and fixes his neighbor's, friend, his neighbor's fence. Then this spring, he noticed that a young widow who lives on a street needs the lawn mowed. So Ron, Rob starts to mow every week this young widow's lawn. Now, other people in the neighborhood see what he's doing, and so they come along inside and they say, can we do this together? So now they're taking turns mowing this young widow's lawn. Rob is becoming present in this place where God has called them to be, and he's seeing the needs, and he's being the church to, uh, to his neighbors. And it's catching to others as well. Uh, another member of our members, Steve, and I've gotten permission to share these stories, of course. Uh, Steve is sent to be the church in jail. Every week, Steve goes to the Thoreau Detention Center and meets with a prisoner, sometimes only a couple weeks with the same person. But last week, last December, Steve started connecting weekly with Rad. Loving him, now one of the rejected, one of the Zacchaeus in our worlds are people in prison. Nobody goes to, hardly anybody goes to visit him or care them. But there is Steve, loving Rad, showing into his, interest in his life, entering into his world, and reading the Bible with him weekly. Eventually, Rad himself begins to read the Bible and pray, and slowly he's giving more and more of an expression of faith. Now, Steve encouraged Rad to try to find other guys on his range or his dorm to read the Bible with, and they prayed together that God might send them someone. In effect, what Stephen is teaching Rad, you can't only gather, you got to scatter too. And so God answers that prayer, and he sends someone, a new person, who Rad can read the Bible with. And what they do is they read the Bible out loud for an hour every night, right in prison. Isn't that pretty cool? And uh, Rad's faith continues to, uh, to grow. Uh, in this past week, Rad was back in court, and in the holding area, he met a guy that he knew. He began to tell the guy about Jesus and how the Holy Spirit had worked in his life. Somehow he managed to even get a Bible for this guy in the short time that he was there. So Steve was sent to Rad. He was sent to be the church in that Thoral Detention Center, and he became that person in Rad's life, sharing God's love, care for a person like Rad. Rad, in turn, is being the church to others that God is placing in his life, and that's how it multiplies. Now, another last example, a group of our members from this church are sent to be the church at Prince of Wales School. That's the place where God is calling us. So we're regularly present in that school community. And some women from that small group have started hanging out in the park nearby or in the school playground where they often meet with people uh, from that school. That is the place where God has called them to be uh, the church. So God has called each one of us to be in a real place. He's put us somewhere where we can show God's love to other people who may never know. Don't think that, the reason, that where you live, that you're just there by accident. God has placed you where you are 
Or don't think that the place that you work, well, I just work there. No, God wants you to be the church in that place. He has a plan for you there, and we just need to uh, understand that. And we have such wonderful good news to share, news that we've experienced ourselves and that we can pass on uh, to others, which brings me to the, la- the fourth P, preach. Jesus, it said in that passage in Luke, 14, Luke 4, Jesus preached the good news to the poor. He healed the sick, he cared for the lonely, but he also, through it all, he preached the good news. He modeled what God is like, but he also taught what God was like. The good news that God loves us. The good news that there is forgiveness of sin, that there is freedom from guilt and shame. The good news is that God is longing to be in relationship, not only with us, but also the people that we come in contact with every day of our lives. He wants to be in relationship with our neighbors and our coworkers too. And when we love and serve people, when we get up close and become present in people's lives, we will also get an opportunity to share with them about a God who loves them and who longs to be in relationship with them. We get an opportunity to share our stories and what God has done in our lives uh, with them. So Jesus uh, didn't only do deed ministry, he, he preached as well, and we're invited to share uh, the word as well. The last, well, sort of P uh, word, love doesn't start with P, but it's too important a word to uh, not put in there. So agape love is what we learn from Jesus. Uh, Jesus was sent to this earth because God so loves this world. That's why Jesus was sent uh, in the first place. And everything that Jesus did was motivated by love for people. Now, in the Greek language, there are three words for the word love. And agape love is kind of the deepest kind of love. It's that unconditional love that keeps loving no matter what happens and no matter how the person uh, responds. That's the kind of love that uh, God has for us. That's also the kind of love that Jesus showed while he walked this earth. John 15, 12, 13, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Agape love is a sacrificial unconditional uh, kind of love, the love that that Jesus had while he walked this earth. Now, I'm keenly aware I don't have that kind of love uh, on my own. My love tends to be far too uh, conditional and based on how people respond to me. So I need God's love to keep filling me up. God's love has to fill me so that I, in turn, can love others. First John says, we love because he first loved us. So it's out of God's love, out of God's agape love, that we can love others as well. So as we're sent to our neighborhoods, workplaces, 24-7, we do it motivated by God's love within us. If we do it out of duty, we will get weary. If we do it because the preacher said so, the cup will run dry very quickly. Or if we do it to get approval from others, then really we care more about ourselves than we care about the person that we are loving. Then we will need people's strokes to keep going 
and we'll get crabby when we're not thanked or when people might not even be noticing uh, the good love that we're doing uh, for them. So we need to stay intimately connected with the Father, have His love flow in us so that it can flow through us on the, uh, on the other side. That's why we have to keep coming here every week. That's why we have to read our Bibles, because it reminds us that God loves us and that it helps us in turn uh, to love others. Now, baby, by now some of you are saying, sounds really good on Sunday morning, but it's really not that easy. And I'd be the first one to say, yeah, it isn't that easy. It's not easy to be on God's mission. It's not easy to be the church uh, 24-7. So I just want to close with uh, a few obstacles that I think get in the way of us uh, being the church. I think the first one is self gets in the way. Me, I get in the way. It's so countercultural. All, all day long, all uh, week long, our culture feeds us lies that we need to take care of ourselves. You deserve a break. Look after uh, number one. All your extra time, that's your free time. Spend it on your hobbies. Spend it with your families. And then comes Jesus, and he models a life that is dying uh, to oneself, serving others instead of self, loving even when it doesn't get returned. This goes against everything that we are bombarded with every day. And so we have to be aware of that. Jesus said in John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. In other words, it, in order for us to be the church scattered 24-7, it will involve sacrifice, and we need to acknowledge that. And we need to acknowledge that it goes against the culture, uh, what we live in. Giving our time to others, fixing fences, going to jail, having people over for suppers, being present in our neighborhood, all will require, it will require time, it will require energy. It will give, uh, help us or forces us to get out of our comfort zones because often those are not natural things to do. We will have to overcome some fears, dying to self so that others can have life. And that's, again, that's why we need each other. We need each other, our encouragement for each other to live like Jesus, not like the culture uh, around us. That's why we need to be here week after week. I think the second obstacle that uh, many of us face, if not most of us, is that our lives are too busy. And sometimes we're busy uh, doing church instead of being at church. So how can we possibly add uh, being sent on Jesus' mission? So first of all, as I just said, living on God's mission will require adjustments to your schedule. There is just no way uh, around that. That's the part of the sacrifice we need to make. But I think another side of that is that if we look at our, where God has placed us and look at our lives more intentionally right where we are at, I think God will begin to use us more and more to be the church in those places. If we see ourselves as sent people to our workplace or, or to our neighborhoods, uh, it helps us to view those places differently, help us to see it from, our, from God's perspective. Let me give you a few examples. So if you like to watch hockey 
or football, invite someone from your neighborhood to watch it with you. Doesn't take extra time. It just means being intentional about being uh, in, in your neighborhood or being with people. Instead of having dinner with only your own family, make it a habit regularly to invite others uh, to join you. You're cooking supper anyways. Invite someone else to join you. It's living intentional, do it in the places where you're already at and doing the things that you are uh, already doing. When you buy a coffee going into work, bring one for your coworker who's going through a hard time. Or when you're eating lunch at school, sit with someone who nobody wants to have lunch with. You're already having lunch, being intentionally focused, have lunch with someone that nobody else wants to have lunch with. Those are some ways that we can, even within our current schedules, we can be the church by living uh, more intentionally, by seeing ourselves as sent people. Now, in wrapping up, the Village Church wants to be a church that's both gathered every week and scattered. Uh, we gather weekly in worship services and small groups, but we also have rake Sundays, random acts of kindness Sundays, where we go out and scatter corporately. And that, um, Pastor Mike set that up very intentionally. If we scatter corporately, we are being encouraged to also scatter individually and being the church every day of the week. So this, sun, this summer, we have two rake Sundays, two Be the Church Scatter Sundays, the two long weekends of the summer, July 2nd and August 6th. If you didn't already pick up one of these, they were distributed a couple Sundays ago, there's more on the uh, information table. On the back of it is lots of suggestions as to how could you be the church on those Sundays or those weeks, it may not be exactly uh, those Sundays. How could you show love to someone or how could you show love in your neighborhood? Being the church, we call them being the church uh, Sundays just to match the theme that we're working with this summer. If you need suggestions, uh, you know, come, uh, come see us and we will help you with that. And even if you need, if you need finances, uh, the church has budgets for things like that. If you want to throw a neighborhood barbecue, uh, we will gladly help you uh, with the finances of that as well. So we are a sent people. As God's love is poured out in our communities through us, the wonderful news gets out of a God who loves us and forgives us. And you know what happens? Other people, like Rat, will come to know him. And then he, in turn, will become more, uh, he will become more like Jesus, but he will scatter to the places where God has sent him to be. And so the mission, God's mission of reconciling people to himself will grow and grow and grow. Think of it. Imagine uh, with me, if every one of us determined to be the church, to be very present, to intentionally build relationships, be present to a couple people in our lives, showing God's love, sharing, sharing our God stories, what would be the impact in our communities? That's the challenge. We are a sent people. We gather and we scatter. So will you join God in his mission and be the church 24-7? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that we can experience 
who you are. We can experience your love. We can hear about it uh, in this place. And God, many of us could say the reason why we know you is because someone else was the church for us uh, in the place where they encountered us. And so, God, may we continue to be the church in our everyday living, in our everyday going about our work, going about our places where you've called us to be. And Lord, we know that it requires sacrifice, and it, help, it means that we need to overcome our fears, going out of our comfort zones. So we need you, Holy Spirit. Will you empower us to be the church? Will you open our eyes so that we can be present the places where you put us day after day so that others too may come to know who you are, so that others too uh, may join this great gathered community here and elsewhere and be scattered to the places where you will send them to be. And thank you, Jesus, for modeling what living on mission looked like when you were here on earth. And we pray it all in your name alone. Amen.